This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Thanks to Dana-Farber's foundational work, protein degradation can target cancer-causing proteins and destroy them right inside the cell. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Welcome to World Cafe. Hey, I'm Kaleo. Every few months, we travel to a city or town to get a better understanding of its musical history and to meet the people in places that make an impact today. It's called Sense of Place, and our latest trip takes us to Provo, Utah. Today, we'll cover how a venue, recording studio, and up-and-coming band make this scene one of a kind. Have a listen. I'm standing outside of an apartment building in Provo, Utah, and it's hard not to feel inspired in a town like this. From where I'm standing, I can't take my eyes off of this, like the Grand Canyon or the peak of Everest. It's the middle of autumn at the time we're recording this session as part of our Sense of Place series on the city. The trees are all flush with bright yellow and red leaves. The snow-capped Wasatch Mountains are literally towering over me and my guests. I think that's one of the amazing things about being a band from Utah is we're just surrounded by so much like natural beauty. Like it's like you can't go anywhere without seeing the mountains or, you know, driving up the canyon or going hiking or four hours away you have Zion National Park. That's Brady Parks. And he's the front man of a band called the National Parks. He picked this BYU housing complex to kick off a brief tour of Provo because it's where he met his bandmate, Sidney McFarlane, about 10 years ago at a house show here. I think I messaged you. I'm like, do you sing too? Yeah, I was like, here's some demos. And I thought our voices meshed really well. Like as I was playing, I just kind of just felt like really easy. And so I just was like, hey, would you like want some singing too? And he's like, yes. And so it just like kind of started from there and... I don't know, like it just has grown, it's been crazy. The national parks show no signs of slowing down. They're in Provo taking a quick break from touring their latest record, Eighth Wonder. Like this last tour we went on, um, it was the best tour we'd ever done. And, you know, seeing that it was like rooms filled with people singing every word of every song, it's like, I feel like that's come from years and years of, of being able to tour and connect with people. And it's humbling, like, to be able to do that. And so I feel like that's one of the reasons why we're still doing it. Spend enough time in Provo, and you'll quickly find out that the national parks are not the only musical success story. This area, about 40 miles south of Salt Lake City, is home to a surprising amount of homegrown talent. Bands like The Moth and the Flame, Imagine Dragons, The Aces, Little Moon, Neon Trees, I could keep going. The The music scene here has been through different trends over the years. The National Parks came up in the 2010s when folk bands were all the rage. There's an artist here named Joshua James. And he was like my biggest like inspiration. Really lyrical, storytelling, folk kind of music. Now back in the 90s, the Provo area was a hotbed for ska bands like Swim Herschel Swim. When the rhythm of the drums starts a pumping, 
When you're out on the floor and your body's jumping if it speaks to your heart, it should mean something. If you're here to be seen, it won't mean nothing. And more recently, the pendulum has swung towards indie rock bands like the Backseat Lovers. music scene here in Provo is so unique and it was so cool to I don't know there's just like such a healthy competition between all the artists like we would go to each other's shows and get inspiration from each other and I feel like that had a big part to the upbringing too it was just so many cool bands at that time the next stop on our tour has also played a pretty big part in the national parks come up the one thing that these bands that are popular in Provo, the one thing in common they have is that they've all recorded at June. That's June Audio Recording Studios, where the band is currently working on new material. It's only a few blocks away, so we decide to walk. From the outside, June Audio looks quaint but unassuming. It's a bluish-gray craftsman home with a big pine tree in the lawn. But through the doors, there's a world-class recording studio that's hosted the likes of The Killers, John Legend, Post Malone, and virtually every band in the Provo area. Scott Wiley is the man in charge. I was the kid who would, like, take apart any electronics. I loved music. I would put a microphone in front of my parents' stereo and record my own playlists, you know, on cassettes, like, when off the radio waiting for my favorite song and... My parents bought me, uh, for eighth grade graduation, bought me a, a cassette four-track. Scott, who's also an engineer and producer, has been a staple of the Provo music scene since he first moved here by way of Los Angeles. What were those first gigs like in USC when you were cutting your teeth? Where, where I, I don't imagine they were the most glamorous jobs. A lot of bathroom cleaning. USC required an internship or a job throughout through your college career. And so it was a lot of like cleaning, getting coffee. I mean, I could go ahead and list, like, I worked on Ozzy Osbourne's album, and I worked on all these records, and it's like, I got Ozzy sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't know I was there. It wasn't like working. <laughs> but I, you know, being in LA, I got to work on big projects or work with big projects. Scott would go on to work with artists like Elliot Smith and Bonnie Raitt, and for legendary studios like Sound City. I spent a lot of time in LA and never really keyed into a music scene. Uh, growing up, I was a huge R.E.M. fan, and all you'd hear is Athens, Georgia, Athens, Georgia, and there's this music scene in Athens, Georgia. And I think when I came up to Utah in starting in college uh, and seeing this music scene, I was like, oh, that's what I've been looking for, a college music scene, you know? And I was in a band in LA feeling like, we don't really have a music scene here, you know? and. Um, Surely there are many music scenes in all those places, but for whatever reason, for me, I found it here, you know. Scott eventually tired of the constant grind in Hollywood, so he decamped to Utah for a fresh start. He remembers moving into an old thrift shop with nothing but a built-in shower and a hot plate. His rent was 250 bucks a month. I just moved in and I was just like, I'm just gonna hang out here for a while. And I didn't know anybody. 
met some bands and it just snowballed. And then pretty soon I was going to be here six months and I was here 10 years or something. He and his wife bought a house in downtown Provo. And over the course of 20 plus years, it has turned into a critical resource for local bands. But it's more than just a top-notch facility. It's a community hub where musicians can come to bounce ideas off each other and find opportunities. Just take a listen to Scott explaining how he met one of the session musicians in the studio today. I met him through another band I recorded named Atherton. He was in that band. I later joined that band. Then he and I play in another whole group. Marcus Bentley, who's assistant engineering me, he came in. Well, Eventually, in and trust me Marcus, on this, it ended up all working out. Scott, the producer, is also an important part of the studio's formula. Brady can attest to that. Scott produced every single National Parks record. For me, there's nobody that I trust uh, musically more than Scott. If there's ideas being thrown around by anybody, I'll like look at Scott to be like, is that a cool idea? And he'll be like, yes or no. And I know it is or it isn't based off of what he's saying. So I really do feel like there's just this level of trust that Scott knows what's best for the sounds and what we want to do. The band plays us a snippet of something they've been working on with Scott, an unreleased song called Wild Spirit. Losing myself, but I'm finding out fast There are no footprints on this path Guess I got a wild, My favorite way to produce is more as a, like a director of a movie or casting an album. Oh, okay, you have these songs. Here's some people that I think are really going to vibe with that. And let's see if we can put you in a room. And then I'll let you go for a little bit. And we'll see where it goes. And then I'll come in and say, this thing was really cool. And try to nudge it a little bit. You know, I don't have a real heavy hand, I don't think, producing-wise. That tight-knit community is only part of the reason so many bands have come out of here. Scott says being so near to Brigham Young University is another. Like many parts of Utah, a majority of residents in Provo belong to the Church of Latter-day Saints. Mormonism touches nearly every part of life here, including the music scene. At a very root level, you have a lot of people growing up reading music and playing music. You know, you just have music in church. And a lot of the kids that go to school here have been brought up with music. Making music in Provo is not without its unique challenges. While many bands have come out of here, there are countless others who didn't make it very far. Scott has his theories for why that may be. Latter-day Saint people tend to be brought up thinking, well, you do high school and then you do a mission and then you do college and then you somewhere in there you get married and there you go. And I think that that thinking probably makes it a little bit harder for bands with Latter-day Saint members to continue being bands. Like, I think you have more bands break up because life is about let's get married and move on to the next step. It's not about couch surfing and being a touring band. But even the National Parks has experienced some of that turnover. In the early, early days, we had, you know, a, a few different members kind of in and out because um, a violinist would get married and move away or drummer would move away and get married, like that kind of thing. So I, f I feel like that was a big part of finding ourselves in the early days because when it became like us four, we were like, this is our, this is our group right here. 
I feel like I've definitely felt that growing up in a culture that's like more of a traditional role of, you know, a mom stays home with kids type thing. And over the years, I just kind of was like, oh, no one I know in my circle has done this, so maybe I shouldn't do this. But it's kind of, I mean, I mentioned it before when we were talking, but just kind of like, I feel like we, I'm really proud of the way that we kind of pave our way of like, hey, just because no one's done it a certain way doesn't mean it can't be done. And now we all, you know, we're all married with kids and it's like, it's a family affair. You get the feeling the national parks have cracked the code to making it as a Provo band. Now they're poised for even bigger things this year. Thanks in part to Scott, who took a big leap of faith building a state-of-the-art recording studio in the middle of Utah. I really feel like it was trying to give a gift to the local music scene, not be like, look how flashy my studio is, be like, this music scene is awesome, we should have something like this. And business-wise, is not a good business move. <laughs> like, even the guys at US Bank were like, you sure you wanna do this? But as long as we can keep the lights on, I do view it as like, Man, please come use this space for the things that we can do. And then, gosh, by all means, go record what you can at home also, you know? Like, there's place, there's a reason for both. But all the instruments and all this stuff is like, let us help you however we can. June Audio is only part of the Provo formula. Coming up, we'll meet Corey Fox, the owner of a legendary music venue called Velour. I want to thank Brady Parks and Sidney McFarlane of the National Parks and Scott Wiley at June Audio for sharing their stories. Thanks to World Cafe producer Miguel Perez for his work on this story. You can find more from our Sense of Place Provo series at worldcafe.org. I'm Kaleo. More in a minute on World Cafe. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR.